Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and this week I'm speaking to Anna Brujon, the editor and art director of Club Sandwich. As the name would suggest, Club Sandwich revolves around food, but this is not a straight-up food magazine with stuff like nice restaurants and recipes, and instead it takes a more theoretical approach, using food as the sort of familiar hook to explore much more esoteric subjects. The first two issues of Club Sandwich were produced in French, but this third issue presents all of its stories in both English and French, opening the magazine up to a much wider audience and leaving Anna pleasantly surprised by the realisation that even in this very visual age, people really do read the words. I'm very pleased to report that Club Sandwich have entered a few categories in this year's Stack Awards. The copies are sitting on the shelf just next to me in the office. And remember that if you're planning on entering the awards this year, you need to get your magazines on those shelves too. Entries close on Friday the 27th of September, which as I'm recording this means you have exactly two weeks to complete your application and send your magazines to us. Um, So I hope that if you are making magazines, magazines you will do that but first of course I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Anna Brujon from Club Sandwich. Hey Anna thank you very much for coming over. Thank you for having me. And and interrupting your holiday to come over as well. It's a pleasure. (laughs) So you are the um, editor-in-chief and art director of Club Sandwich, um, which, would it be right to describe it as a food magazine that's not a food magazine? It's not properly a food magazine. When I started it, I thought of it more of of a social sciences type of magazine. But yeah, in bookstores, they like to put it in the food section. Um, Which I imagine is not very helpful. For us, not really. And then for the reader, it could be confusing because they're like, oh, where is the recipe? And uh, there is no recipe in the magazine. We have a different approach of food. We have a more theoretical approach of food, but we try to keep it fun, entertaining, not like we have uh, in-depth article, but we always try to have very angled articles. So you actually learn something in a fun way. We have also a very wide range of articles that go from Uh, history, anthropology, science. So we try to make it like a democratical approach so that people who don't know anything about science could still learn something and find it pleasurable to read the article. Okay, so I think I'm understanding now the points of the food. So So if you're, for example, presenting a scientific article, someone who doesn't know about science, I guess it helps to have food as the hook that kind of brings people in. Exactly, and it's also a way of showing that food is uh, so universal that you could approach it from like many, many angles and also that it's a really common theme. It was also helpful when we created a magazine because I wanted something that could uh, be very like that you could uh, approach in many ways and food is a good entry point for that. Mm, mm, mm. So, all right then, so why these specific foods? So you you have a different one for each issue. You started with the egg, then you had mushroom, and now this one we have in front of us is the pickle. I mean, 
I guess to put it politely, they're not the most obvious foods <laughs> you could go with. So, so what, what, like, what's the thinking with those? Uh, the main focus was like the main, my main goal when I started the magazine was to do something. Uh, I wanted to take an object and like do a monothematical thing where I could um, have many, many different articles around it, but also play with the artwork. So, and because I was fascinated by food in general, that came quite quickly and then we needed an entry point. So um, I thought that just as something like when you start a magazine, doing the egg is quite obvious, like it's the start of everything. It's in many religion, it's like where the earth comes from. Uh, and then after that, it arrived quite randomly, to be honest, because for the egg, we did a lot of research, which was quite daunting when we uh, then had to start writing, actually, and like uh, contact people because we were like, oh, no, we have like 40, 45, 50 articles that we need to now um, write. And after that, we tried to have a more random uh, selection process so we just talk about I don't know we just evoke some food and we're like oh yeah that sounds fun and we just go with it <laughs> okay so, so, so the mushroom was just kind of what you were like well it may as well be the mushroom exactly we were it was also a counterpoint to the egg because mushroom you have like the death around like you know if you eat a bad mushroom you're gonna die and it was more earthy it was more like it was a counterpoint and then for the pickle it's something that's so fun and that's so light and we thought it would be because the first two issues were like really heavy with more than 40 articles each and the pickle is more refreshing it's something that we could um, um, just it would be easier for us to do in a shorter amount of time so that's how it came about. Okay, so there's some practicality starting to creep into this as well. The, I mean, the commitment to make a magazine is a big deal. So how, how much of your time do you actually spend making this thing? Yeah, a lot of time. <laughs> for, the, for the egg, it was two, like a year and a half. Uh, the mushroom was a year. And then the pickle, we actually started working on another issue before the pickle, the chocolate issue that mm. became so big that we were like, oh no, we have to take a break because it's gonna, we, we're not going to be able to have it done right now. So the pickle was only four months and it was really intense. Um, but yeah, the pickle is so fun that it was four months that were actually fun but I work on it most of my time is now dedicated to the magazine yeah and so when you're not making this magazine then what else are you doing I'm an artist I'm a photographer and I also do visual art uh, I make books also I travel a lot I make translations I'm a writer I do a bit of everything and that's why I also do the magazine because I also can do a bit of everything in, inside <laughs> the magazine so that's fun and so one of the things that we like often hear from people who make magazines is that they begin doing everything themselves, but then quickly get overwhelmed and realise that's not possible. How much now, and I mean, you can see just from looking at the mag, you've got lots of contributors. You, you know, you're not writing everything yourself. But how have you found the experience of now putting yourself at the centre of this thing and, and other people working with you? 
I think it was always essential when I started the magazine that we had many, many voices inside, that we had many writers, we had a lot of contributors, visual contributors. I'm an artist, I actually never did an artwork for the magazine because I feel like that wouldn't be fair to just put me in that. I write articles, but I would never do a, a visual piece. Um, because that would be immodest or something? I think it would be weird to be like, look at my grade. For, I don't know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't feel really comfortable doing that. And I also do like it's I like doing the magazine as a whole. Like I do also graphic design. I do like art direction because it gives me a global approach to it. Um, so, yeah, for me, the magazine is almost like an art piece because I get to. Uh, choose stories that are interesting and then I kind of design how it's going to look in the magazine and I can uh, commission people accordingly but yeah it's really essential to have many people work on the magazine because then it's just it becomes a bit totalitarian if I would like if I do everything by myself and for the um, editorial part I also work with Leila Butem who I met eight or nine years ago now when we were working in Berlin and she became a great friend and we now work on that together and it's also been a really fun experience to be able to work with a friend. Yes, absolutely. You need a friend when you're doing this stuff. I'm really interested, though, in the idea of you as an artist making this because one of the, in fact, I think the most striking thing about the magazine, and I, I recognised this before I could read it, so when it was in French, the image selection that you have in there is crazy. You have amazing image. I mean, so like for this pickle issue, you have got loads of great stuff uh, from the archives. I can't imagine how you go about finding that stuff. What, what, what's your starting point? For the archive bit, I read a story online, but it was a really short thing. And I started investigating to know more about this crazy pickle town uh, <laughs> in St. Charles, Illinois. But I had like not a lot of information and nothing was really online. So I reached out to the city of St. Charles and they were telling me that, yeah, St. Charles was actually pickle capital of the world in the 60s. And then it stayed like that for 40 years. But then now they moved on. And even in the city, even in the town, no one really knows that that's the history of the town so they were just sharing their archives with me and I was stunned because the imagery is so fun and so unexpected and so crazy it feels like someone just went there and retouched everything on photoshop because it's like insane and so they were like yeah take whatever you want publish whatever you want just credit us at the end and I was like oh okay <laughs> so it was insane because they're I think they sent me like 500 images Whoa. and yeah I had a hard time choosing but then yeah you see this guy who was head of the pickle uh, committee in the 60s and he decided to he didn't have a lot of budget because for pickles like it's not a really lucrative uh, business so you don't have a, a, a strong lobby behind it unfortunately and at that point pickles were just like picnic food or like a summer food and his idea was oh I'm gonna make people think about pickles all the time every day always um, so he made like crazy inventions he started sending huge pickles but like I don't know what they were made on foam or something to everyone named like deal or pickle in the states <laughs> everywhere he was like he made uh, a miss pickle uh, election 
he would take pictures of like pickles driving cars, of mermaids holding pickles under the sea, like things like that that are crazy. And I just, yeah, I found those images. And because I'm also, as an artist, interested in found imagery, uh, those images spoke volume to me. And I wrote an article about it because it's just really, really weird. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And so, but then you also have what looks like new commissioned work so um is it brianne trammell mm -hmm. uh so the these kind of in fact is a little bit on the cover these fantastic sort of textures that evoke the pickle so i mean are these artists who you're already working with where do you start with that it really depends. I have a long list of people I want to work with, and then I, I reach out to them. Uh, Brianne is someone that I followed the work uh, online, I guess, and I reached out to her. We had friends in common that I didn't know about until reaching out to her. And then one time she was, so we were emailing, and one time she was driving um, on a road trip, I don't know, as they do in the US. Uh, and she stopped in a gas station and found those uh, gummy, like, belt things mm -hmm. that uh, were called pickle sour or something. And the shape really inspired her. And then she went on and did 32 monoprints that she then uh, sent me. And they were all so wonderful that, once again, I had a hard time choosing. I think I ended up publishing like 18 of those. And if I had the, the space, I would have published everything. So I guess one of the, the things that has helped you with this image selection is that for the first time, this third issue is in English and French. And so I, I think often that gives people problems because how do you deal with these two languages? Do you put one at the back and it's very subordinate? Or But the way you've gone about it is you've just printed the articles in English and in French, but with different images for all of it. And it, you can see that like you, you have been spoiled with the amount of images that you've got to use. Yeah, I also, uh, I'm always afraid that I'm gonna um, not have enough. Like I think that comes from my childhood when we were always like, oh, we should buy like 10 uh, pasta boxes just in case <laughs> without really knowing why. Um, and so every time I start an issue, I, I do a lot of research because I also like to see how the food's been used in art history and then publish some of those. And for the pickle, I had things in art history, but as you can imagine, less than eggs or mushrooms. So I started just emailing a bunch of people being like, oh, would you want to, as I do usually. And before, you know, you email, I don't know, like 30, 40 people and you have like 20 replying and then you uh, end up working with those. And for this pickle issue, most of them said yes. Um, because pickle is such a fun thing. So I think people were exciting about the theme and I ended up having a lot of imagery, which I always love. And then it made sense from the beginning that I would treat English and French this way because both languages are so important to me. And I, I always, as a reader, I always feel weird having to switch to the little booklet. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to be deprived of the imagery. So I wanted to treat that as really, you would keep on reading the magazine and you know, you've been reading the article in English, maybe you don't need to read it in French, but still you can uh, enjoy the layout and you can enjoy uh, the imagery. And I really wanted to treat those as two different articles, even though 
it's the same article. Yeah, yeah well, and that's totally how it, it felt to me, that it felt like getting a bonus bit. So, you, so I would read the article in English, I can't read the article in French, but I could then see the images, and obviously by that point you're informed because you've read about it all. I thought it was a, a really nice way of doing it. I, I guess my only question is, is this making a problem for you in the future? Because you, I mean, you've been able to do it this time because there's so much stuff, but now you've almost, you've made it so that now you need twice as many images as anyone else <laughs> making a magazine. I think for the pickle issue, what was nice is that we didn't have so many articles because pickles is more like a restrained food. Um so that's why we did it this way. But for the next one, the chocolate issue, it's also going to be a really big one. So the question is not going to be the same. We're going to do like one version in English and one version of French. The thing, because, you know... You, you mean the whole magazine mm-hmm. will be English and will be French, yes. I see. Okay. Yes, it's also, I don't like to take out so much space in general in the world, but also with a magazine, like a paper thing. So I felt weird to be like oh you're gonna buy something but you know you're like the magazine is 145 um, 44 pages you're only gonna be able to enjoy half i felt that was not respectful to the reader that's also why i wanted to do that this way so this was your first one presenting in french and english the first two were in french how have people responded to that so far i was uh pleasantly surprised before people were most mostly French people were buying the magazines, but we had a couple of like English American people buying the magazine. A lot of uh, Portuguese people for some reason, um, and I didn't think it would make such a big difference because I also buy magazines that I can't read. Like I buy a lot of Japanese magazines, and so I thought that people were actually enjoying the design. And I didn't think, like, I knew we would have more of a response, but I didn't think it would be that big. And, like, people have been really, really enthusiastic about it. And I guess, I don't know, because we live in a, a, such a imagery-driven uh, culture, I thought that people like the artwork and, you know, we all do that. Like, you buy a magazine, you don't really read everything. <laughs> you read, like, an article and you were like, oh, this is amazing. And then you move on to the next thing. But actually, people read magazines. And so, because we tried, it's really important for us to produce good content. And when we were doing it in French, we were thinking that maybe people weren't really reading the magazines because we were having a few feedbacks, but not that much. And now that it's in both languages, we see that people actually really enjoy the content. And I think it also speaks volume to uh, how we don't treat like the content nowadays people think that you know you can do without good content it's fine to have like a beautiful magazine and like the content is not there and I think yeah no people actually want long articles they want in-depth articles they want to take the time and they also don't appreciate being you know reduced to oh people don't really read Mm. no no absolutely and and i think also you know with a magazine like this where you've taken you've clearly taken so much care over making it in the production and in the the image selection it would just be a shame if then the the articles weren't really very good yeah that's our focus we want everything to be good but the articles i work with leila a lot on that we want the articles to be something that you've never read before and something that 
you're surprised every page you're like oh i didn't think about that aspect of the pickle and for us it was really important to have those kind of articles because you like we're overwhelmed with information so we wanted a magazine that's a bit different and where every piece of information is actually really researched where we present you a new angle like that's the main focus of the magazine and also it feels really fun like it feels like I mean, you're clearly, as I say, putting a lot of effort into this as a lot of research, but you're sort of also not taking it too seriously. I mean, pickles are fun. Pickles are fun, and we do the, We did the same with eggs and and mushrooms. You need you need a breather. Like we have really serious serious articles, but we try always to have like a fun approach to it because yeah, when you're reading something anthropologic, you can read a really serious thing, but if there is a fun twist, it's better for everyone. It gets like you're uh, on board with the author and then you, the same message is conveyed. It's just you, you're enjoying it a little bit more. If it's not your main, if you don't know anything about anthropology, it was important that you would get on board and be like, wait, I actually enjoy anthropology now. I'm just gonna, <laughs> you know, find out more about everything that I want now through the this spectrum, through this um entry point yeah nice okay so tell me about chocolate why has this thing grown and ballooned and turned into such a monster chocolate is the same as pickle i thought it was like actually not at all but i thought that it was going to be (laughs) people listening would be confused by that (laughs) same Uh, i thought it was going to be a fun issue in my mind i thought it was you know, childhood memories and like um, sugary stuff. But actually, chocolate is really dark. It's uh, it has to do a lot with colonialism. It has to do a lot of with the uh, bad economics. It has to do um, with the way the black body has been used uh, throughout history and through marketing. Um, so it was a really deep issue and we didn't want to just make a bad job of oh we are rushed we have to do it quickly we wanted also to make the right people uh write about it it wouldn't be fair to have those subjects and be like oh we're gonna just give it to anyone so we wanted to find the right people same with imagery when you have such um uh, a complicated issue a sensitive issue you don't want to give uh that's exactly why we do independent magazine because we get to choose we were who we're working for and with, who we're giving a platform to. So it's important for those questions to have someone who's actually has legitimacy to talk about this. Yeah, and and actually, I mean, so we've seen it very often that this happens with magazines and actually it it takes longer to make uh, than initially expected. But then that just means that the magazine doesn't come out for a while. Whereas you decided, okay, let's put this chocolate stuff on hold. So what was it that made you really want to get a magazine out at a certain time? I think it's just I made a commitment in my mind to myself. I think that's just it. I If I start pushing things, then I'm like, oh, what if I never do it? So it was important for me to... I don't know, have one each year because it keeps also, we are an annual magazine. You need to keep the momentum. If you like once a year is not a lot. So if you disappear for a while, people kind of forget about you. It was important, but it's also, I want to have something tangible to to keep going. And so when can we expect to see the chocolate issue finally emerging? 
We're hoping for Easter, of course. Ah, Easter would make sense. Um, also, I wanted to do with the egg. I've been thinking about it for so long. I wanted to do an Easter uh, Easter hunt. And I mean, the, it would be a perfect time to release the issue and make a, a Easter hunt somewhere. But I'm not going to spoil where now. <laughs> All right. So, uh, well, I'm looking forward to um, hearing more about that in due course. Um, and very good luck with that next issue. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, that's all for this week. I would like to say thanks again to Anna for interrupting her holiday in London to come and speak to me. I'm really looking forward to seeing that chocolate issue when it comes out. And if you haven't caught it already, I can thoroughly recommend the pickle issue too. Uh, we have some copies of that available to buy in the Stack shop at the moment. So head over to stackmagazines.com forward slash shop and pick up that plus loads of other good stuff. We also have lots of episodes of this podcast waiting for you in the Stack Archives. Just search for Stack Magazines wherever you get your podcasts and you should find them all there. And of course, if you follow us while you're there, we'll be able to deliver all our future episodes to you as soon as they're ready. Thank you very much for listening to this one and we'll be back with another episode next week. <laughs>